last uh, spring, uh, my family and I had the wonderful opportunity to go to Phoenix, Arizona and visit my nephew who's on staff at a church out there. We've been there a couple times and, and, and I just love uh, the Phoenix area. It's just dry and we were able to go to the Grand Canyon one year, a couple years ago and uh, Sedona, which is beautiful, like red rock formations. It's just a, just a beautiful place um, to visit. It's really interesting when I jog, you don't sweat. It just evaporates right off your, your body and you're like, wow, this is really cool. And then you realize how fast you dehydrate. And I passed out halfway through a jog one day because I didn't realize, no, I'm just teasing. But you don't realize how quickly you dehydrate because you're not, you're not sweating. It's just, a, it's just different and it's very dry and desert, but it's very beautiful at, at the same time. Well, we're flying back uh, from our trip uh, back in the spring and we had to fly, we were flying United, and you had to fly through, uh, we had to fly through Chicago. We we're in a very big plane, and we we're in the very back of the plane, which my kids love. It's like being on a roller coaster, right? Well, I'm puking into the puke bag. They're all like, woo, this is cool, Dad, more turbulence, woo, woo. Can we actually fly through turbulence and not go around it? You know, that's the way weird teenagers are. But anyways, we're, we're flying back, and, and, and our uh, plane gets in on time. We have 35 minutes a 35-minute layover. Now, for those of you that fly, if you're in a big plane with five people in your family and the back of the plane flying into Chicago, how many of you know a miracle has to happen for you to make your connecting flight? Not only that, you're praying that, that it's in the same terminal. So I'm like, oh, we're going to... I'm in the flight going, honey, we're going to miss this. And she goes, will you calm down? You're making me nervous and blah, blah, blah. Just throw up into your puke bag, would you? Just leave me alone. Do something else, all right? So we get in and we get in on time. So I'm like, oh, we're going to make it. So I've got this little app on my phone and I'm looking at it. I'm going, yeah, we're going we're gonna to make it. Oh, oh, Kathleen, it's even great. Our terminal is just two gates down. This is fabulous. We're going to make it. Yes. So we get in and the pilot gets on. He goes, uh, our gate is occupied right now. So we're going to have to wait about 30 minutes. Okay, that's not going to happen. So I'm like, oh man, are you kidding me? We're going to miss our connecting flight. So, um, so we... Uh, Finally get in the gate and all of a sudden I get a text on my phone because I've got the app, which is really cool. And it says our other flight was delayed by 30 minutes. So I said, honey, I think we've got like five minutes to make it. So we're in the back of this big plane. And how many know that it takes like 30 minutes to get everybody off? So, so there are these people in front of us and, 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 and they're having this argument like, honey, do you know where we left our bags? Did, did we leave them in the front of the plane? Did we leave them up here? Did we even... And I'm like, would you... I'm like really losing it at this point. So I'm like, just move, would you? Just, so I'm like a football player just knocking people out because we're going to miss our connecting flight. We're not going to get... No, I, I didn't do that. But what, so we finally get off the plane. We get to our gate. Everybody is boarding. Now, on United, on bigger flights, they have five zones that you all get into. So you're either in zone one, which obviously is for the priority boarders, right? First class, business class. Then you have zone two, zone three, zone four, zone five. You don't want to be in zone five because you're in zone five. You're never going to get, if you've got your carry-on luggage, it's not getting up on the, it's not going in the overhead bins. You're going to have to check it. But we were in zone three because I had minors, so we're in a good zone. We get in there, we get everything, and we make the flight. It was great. But the thing that's neat about United is they got all zones to organize everybody to get onto the plane. Now, I was thinking about this as we were flying. Can you imagine if anybody could sit where they wanted to sit on the plane? Can you imagine if you just walked up to the gate and said, 
first come, first serve. So if you're the first one here and you're the first one to get on the plane, you can sit business class, first class. doesn't matter. It's just first come, first serve. Can you imagine what a free-for-all that would be? Now, you would have my kids, the teenagers, wanting to sit in the back for the roller coaster ride, right? And then you got all of us that get airsick. We want to be on the front of the plane. And it would just be massive chaos. They have to have order on those planes in order not to keep not to keep from getting disorderly on the flight so everybody has a check you know you got a zone number you got to go with your zone you've got it's everything's organized and i got thinking about that for the body of christ for us here as a church and this is what we've been talking about the last five weeks this is what we're finishing with today as the body of christ specifically the church here at living word we all have to be going in the same direction. If we are not in the same zone, we're going to all be going in our own little way. And what begins to happen within the body of Christ is it creates disunity. One faction of the church wants to go this way. Another wants to go this way. And what begins to happen is we're not going in the same way. And so my heartbeat as as your pastor is that not only are we a healthy church, but that we're all going in the same way, that we, we all know where our seat is. We, we all know what our job is. See, when you get on a flight, you've got your seat number. You know exactly where your seat is, and you know where to go, and you know where to sit. And my heartbeat for you is that you would know where your place is in this church to help the church become unified and head in the right direction. That was Jesus's prayer for the church. His prayer, one of his last priestly prayers, was that the church would be unified, that the world would know that we are his disciples by how we love one another, by how we serve one another, by how we love God. And that has to be the foundation of everything we do here at Living Word. So that's my heartbeat for you, that we're not disorganized. And and listen, we've talked about this. There's a lot of good things that we could be doing, but what's the main thing? Because how many know if we add more and more stuff to our plate, it just creates a lot of burnout and a lot of stress. And so we want to make sure as a body of Christ, as a church, that we're focused on what Christ is focused on and that we focus on the main thing. So here's the vision for the church. The vision for the church is is all about transforming lives for eternity by helping people to love God, love others, and serve. And so our purpose as the body of Christ is to help people grow in spiritual maturity. And we never want to see you stop growing. And that's my desire for you, is that we wouldn't be headed in a million different directions, but we'd be headed in the right direction. In order to be healthy, we must be proactive in focusing on the thing that Jesus wants us to focus on. And this was this has been the crux for the message of the last five weeks of what Jesus said in Matthew 22 that's recorded for us in verses 36 and, and through 36 through 40. And Jesus boils down all 613 commands and he boils them down to the most important ones. And somebody asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus said, uh, they said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall do this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I believe if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, he's going to direct every other area of your life. If he's got your heart, if he's got the core of your life, the center of your being, then he's going to have every other part of your life. So he he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and 
the prophet. So it's vital as a church that we're on the same page, that we're flowing in the right direction. So in order for us to be a healthy church, we need to be continually moving forward. In order for us to be healthy as individuals, we need to be continually moving forward in our spiritual progression. And so this is what we've been emphasizing over the last month. And I, I, just, I, I just want you to be reminded of one thing, that you never stop growing in your relationship with Christ. That that's something that will never end until the day you die. And, and in order for us to continually grow in our relationship uh, in Jesus Christ, we need each other. This is so vital. I want you to notice that in these, in these two commands that Jesus is emph- emphasizes, he says, listen, love the Lord your God, which is all about your relationship with God. It's all about that vertical relationship with God. Then he said, it, the second one is, is like the first, that you're to love your neighbor as yourself. It's that horizontal relationship. Notice that it's all about relationships. Jesus cares about you having a correct relationship with the Father and a correct relationship with one another. And so in order to do that, this is where the church fits in. This is where the body of Christ fits in. We need each other in order for this to happen. How many know to be a Christian, you cannot be on an island by yourself doing that? In order to grow in your relationship to God, we need other people to come alongside us, to spur us on, to provoke us, to help us grow. There is no way that we can minister to one another and pray for one another and care for one another and learn from one another if we're all by ourselves. So this notion of like, well, I just have my own personal relationship with God. You know, my relationship, I heard one person say this, my relationship with God is just going to the beach by myself and worshiping. That's not the church, people. You by your, Now, you can do that by yourself and have your devotions, that's fine. But if that's a substitute for the body of Christ, that's not what Christ is talking about. That is not the church. The church is the body of Christ when it comes together, when we're ministering to each other, whether it's on Sunday morning or small groups or you guys getting together outside the church together to come together and fellowship with one another, that's the body of Christ. This church is just a small part of the whole body of Christ that worships Jesus Christ. Amen? So that we've, we've got to define it. The church is not one person all by themselves saying, well, I just worship God all by myself. And see, the problem is, how many know we're going to get hurt in the church sometimes? Pastor Barden is going to tick you off sometimes. How many know that? We're, I'm, I'm going to disappoint you at times. How many of you are married and you've never, ever been disappointed by your spouse? Okay, you're smart if you raised your hand, but you know your spouse is just saying you're lying because just last night you didn't do what I told you to, right? So how many know that as a family, we're going to irritate each other, right? Amen, right? Does you, you, your spouse never irritates you, okay? They do. They irritate you. You're going to do things. They're going to rub them the wrong way. You're going to have little conflicts here and there, but how many know that if your love for one another is based in Jesus Christ, you're able to forgive each other and you're able to work through those things and, and, and come out as a better person in Christ. Amen? Those are the things that help you grow. But most people, because they, they want to protect themselves 
from hurt that they remove themselves because they never want to become vulnerable. So it's a defense mechanism. I'm going to pull myself away from all of this because I don't ever want to get hurt again because when I went to church, I just got hurt and blah, blah, blah. And this pastor let me down and blah, blah. And we all get, so it's a defense, that we, a defense mechanism that we pull ourselves away so that we want to be hurt. But God says, you know what? I use those imperfections for my glory to help you grow. I'm going to use that to help you to offer forgiveness when it shouldn't be offered. I'm going to use those things to give you my grace, to give grace to others, just as I've gave grace to you when you least deserved it. And this is the scripture I want to focus on today as we end this whole series and we jump into um, our next huge series on going through uh, the whole Bible. Um, I, I just want to unpack this one verse, and it's just one verse, and it's found in Hebrews 10, verse 25. And I believe this verse captures what the body of Christ is all about and what we should be doing and what we should be focusing on and what we shouldn't be neglecting. And it's Hebrews 10, 25. And let me read it for you. This is what the Hebrew writer says as he's writing to Hebrew Christians who are at risk of, of falling away from the body of Christ, their relationship with Christ in fear of persecution. So this letter is, is a real encouragement letter. It's, it's, it's a letter about who Christ is and how he's superior. Don't go back to your former ways. Focused on Christ and what he's done. So it's a very encouraging letter to those who, who are at risk of falling away, who are getting discouraged because of persecution. And I love this one little verse. And, and here's what it says. It says, and, and let us not neglect our meeting together or coming together as the body of Christ as some people do or some people are doing now. And he's saying, listen, some of you are neglecting coming together now, fear of persecution, or you've gotten discouraged. And so what's happened is you've left the body of Christ. He says, don't do that. But instead, he said, he, the Hebrew writer says this, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, I want you to notice the words here because I really want to unpack this first. Notice the words. They are words of, of commitment. Be committed to one another and encourage one another. Now, how, how do we do this? How do we encourage one, no, uh, one another? In order to be healthy and growing in the Lord, we've unpacked these three things over the last couple of weeks. We've got to be growing in three areas. We've got to be growing in our love for God. We've got to be growing in our love for one another. And we have to be serving one another. And we do that through ministering to one another. So how does this happen? Well, one way that we can love God is by committing to our Sunday morning worship time together. Now, let me explain to you why I think coming to church is so important. Why I believe coming on Sunday, I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right now because all you're at church and you're like, I'm glad I'm here today, right? So you're here this morning, but let me explain to you why I believe a commitment to Sunday morning worship is so important, why we need to commit to this. Now, I, know, I want you to notice the Hebrew writer's word. He says, do not neglect meeting together or give up meeting together. And the, and the word neglect there means that they felt it wasn't important anymore. How many of you know that when other things creep into your life and begin to take over the thing that's most necessary, we begin to waver. We, we begin to go off course. And many times that happens on Sunday morning. Um, um, there's a couple ways that, that which we meet together. And I believe one really important way that we meet together 
is on Sunday morning. Now, how many know that our life gets busy and, and the one thing that we can neglect is church and then we become inconsistent or we may get discouraged. Maybe you feel like you, you don't measure up or, or maybe you feel like you have too many problems and then we begin to feel like we don't fit in church because we have too many problems because we know that everybody that goes to church has no problems, right? Okay, let, let's just take a survey right now. Let's expose this myth right now. How many by the raised hand say you've got problems? Okay, everybody look around. Okay, that's done, right? Okay, we, we all have problems, right? The, the very place we, we need to be is in church so that we can hear the word of God, so we can share with one another, and we can realize that we all have issues and we all have problems. L- let me share with you why I believe this church is so important. It, it's, it's, it's where we worship Together, this needs to be the place where you come, where you feel down. This isn't, I try to explain to people the church is this way. It's like a hospital. How many know when you go to the hospital, do you first fix yourself all up? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding, I'm broken. Well, let me first make sure that I'm clean and I'm all fixed up before I go to the hospital. No, you go just as you are and you allow them to do the healing and the fixing up and the bandaging, right? that's the way church should be. Church is a hospital where we come with all our baggage and our bruises and our brokenness to allow Christ to fix us up. Boy, I should have got a lot of amens right there, 830 crowd, okay? Listen, that is so important, but, but here's the mistake we make. I've heard people, I actually heard one person make this suggestion. I said, man, I haven't seen you in church in a while. And he's like, he's like, pastor, I don't have a tie. I said, about 99% of our people don't wear ties. So that's okay. Come on. If you want to wear a tie, fine. If you want to wear a suit, fine. If you don't, you come and you try to eliminate all the excuses. Well, you know, my life is real hectic and things aren't going real well. Perfect. You'll fit right into our church then. Come on. Because we're all dysfunctional at our church. Come on. We want you to come. See, the problem is we're waiting to fix ourselves up. Or we say, well, when my life slows down. When my life slows down, how many know that's never going to happen, right? So we've got to get to the point where you say, you know what? I've got to realize that church is the very place that I need it. How many of you, let me, just, let me just be real. Let's all be real this morning. How many of you, you didn't feel like coming to church, right? And you're like, you know what? I just don't feel like coming. I'm tired. I have a long week, blah, 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 blah. And then you came and then the Lord spoke to you whether it was through the awesome preaching or whether it was through a worship song, right? And then, and then the Lord spoke to you and you're like, and you walked out and you're like, man, I'm glad I came to church today. Can I get an amen? Right? Come on, let's just be real. Because the Lord knows your heart. He knows what you're going through. And we want to, I want you to be in the atmosphere where God can speak to you. Listen, my parents were great about that. Before I, I was a Christian, before I got saved, my parents knew that if we can just stick Barden, if we can just get him in the atmosphere of God, just anywhere, in youth group or going on a, a youth retreat where he's going to hear the word, if we can just get him there and let God speak to his heart, we know that God is, is going to work in Barden's heart. So they were praying and they tried to drag me to church and blah, blah, blah. And they just, they did everything they could to get me to church. They bribed me to go to youth group, which they did. They bribed me with a dirt bike, which worked, by the way. Uh, said, Barton, if you go to youth group just once, we'll help pay for half of a dirt bike that you want. So I got a 185 Suzuki TS Enduro dirt bike. Loved it to this day. It was just a great thing. 
But the first time I went to youth group, the Lord grabbed my heart and I got saved that night. Now, the, I don't know where the bike is now. It's in some junkyard. But Christ is still in my heart today after 30-something years. Because my parents knew something. Now, I'm, it's not going to work for all you parents. <laughs> They're gonna, well, we tried that. And they got a dirt bike, and now they never come to church. I mean, I'm not saying you got to listen to the Lord there, okay? So you just listen to God. But my parents wanted, they knew that if they could get me into the presence of God and, and, and with the family of God, to hear the preaching of God's word, to see the people of God, that God would speak to my heart. And guess what? He did. He did. Because I was around other Christians, and I heard God's word. And, and it, how many know that it's the word of God that changes our hearts? And so there's that seed that's playing in our hearts. And, and you may say, well, Pastor Brian, I've tried that. Listen, don't give up on your family, your kids. You keep praying for them. If they sat in church and today they're not serving the Lord, there's that word that's playing in their heart that they've heard. You keep praying that God use that word, that it's going to spring up one day and it's going to change their hearts and lives. Amen? Don't, 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 don't give up there. So this is the very place that we should be when we feel like uh, giving up. Because our first inclination is, is not to come or to distance ourselves but by making priority uh, church a priority, we are saying, I have made a commitment to say to myself and, fam- and my family that this is important. And so on Sunday, let me be honest with you as your pastor, I'm able to share God's vision with you, to share my heart with you. This is where, where we love God together. This is when we as families can come together and say this is important to us. This wasn't an afterthought. We've made up our minds that this is priority for me. If I neglect church or come just once in a while, how many know you've got, you're going to have trouble in knowing what's going on? But when you're part of it, when you're in the mix, you know what's going on. It's like how many of you, you read a book and you start in chapter 6? You don't start in chapter 6 because you don't know what's going on in the first couple chapters. You know, when you watch a movie, if you jump halfway in the movie, you're like, what just happened? I missed the first part of the movie. I don't know what's going on. That's why it's important that we don't skip. It's important that we make it a priority. Sunday morning is our opportunity where we can care about new people, care about everyone that walks through the doors of this church. And, and so Sunday morning is our opportunity to, to, to love on new people, to invite new people to church. And, and as a body of Christ, we're going to try new things to be more effective and thus reach people where they're at. So our attitude should be this. If, if, I, if I understand that, that church is my commitment to the body of Christ, church is, is my commitment to come and to worship God and to be with other God's people and let God speak to my heart. I realize that church is not necessarily about me, but it's, it's more about God, you reaching me. God, I need you to reach my heart. And my heart right now is not right, and I need you to reach me, and I need you to speak to me. And that's a commitment, and that, that's a, a walk that's walking in humility. And, and, it, it, and so if our attitude is church is not about me, it's, it's about you reaching me, it's about you reaching lost people. When I catch this, a couple things change in my heart. The things that change in my heart is I begin to lay my rights down. I begin to lay my rights down for what I want and what I need and how I feel to really allow God to speak to my heart. And I also lay my rights down for the sake of someone else. And so the intention of my heart is now compelled to, to have God reach me and to reach someone else. I want them to know about Jesus and what I've experienced in him. And so what you end up doing is saying, man, I want other people to experience the same thing that I've experienced. And so inviting other people to church becomes a priority for you because you want them to experience the same things that you experienced in your life with Jesus Christ. The other flip side of this verse that I want you to see, not only will we not neglect the meeting 
together. Coming to church is the way we love God, the way we let God worship God and allow him to speak to our hearts. But there's another side of this verse that I think is so important about the body of Christ and why we need to be together as a church. And this is the other thing the Hebrew writer says. He says, Ravery says, do not neglect meeting together, but he gives them, he, he, he gives them the answer for why they should neglect meeting together. And he gives them a proactive way of meeting the needs of one another. And this is what the Hebrew writer says. He says, we are also told in this verse to encourage one another. See, when we are committed to one another, this is how we love one another. And we can only do that within the body of Christ when we are together, when we know each other and we know each other's needs. Now, this word is very interesting to me because it's a very powerful word in the Greek, this word encouraging one another. This word literally means, listen to me closely, this is what the word literally means when we're to encourage one another. It literally means somebody who is right next to somebody else. Right next to them. I mean, it's saddling right up to them. Right. Hey, you're looking good, Dad. Like oh, by the way, I like your tie. You're looking good. Right next to them. That's what it means, to encourage one another. So encouraging someone is not way far away. It's actually getting side by side with somebody so you can encourage them. How does that happen? That can't happen in a distant relationship. That can only happen when we are in close fellowship with one another. So I want you to catch the meaning here. Here's the meaning. The only way we can encourage one another is when we are in close relationships with one another. So the word literally means... Someone who is right along someone else, someone who is urging us, begging us to make the right decisions. So he says, instead of neglecting the church, become that person who saddles up right next to somebody to encourage them to make the right decisions. I can remember when I was a teenager with all my teenage problems, I can remember I don't know what the prayer need was, but I remember coming to the altar for prayer for something. The pastor asked people if they wanted to come for prayer. So I came up, and there was this deacon. His name was Barry Wilcox, and he since passed away, but I love Barry. Barry came down, and he said, Barton, what's going on in your life? And I can't remember. Maybe I had too much acne or somebody broke up with me. I can't remember what it was. It was probably some teenage issue, whatever it was. And I can remember, you know, I'm just going through this, and I really need prayer. And he spent like 5, 10, 15 minutes with me just praying for me. And asking God to help me in whatever that need was. And Barry was an older man. I was a teenager. But he really related to me because he, he just helped me. And so here's the, here's the thing. Every time I saw Barry Wilcox, he'd come up to me and say, Barden, how are you doing today? How's that issue? Oh, it's doing much better. He goes, okay, because I've been praying for you. And then the, Barry Wilcox and myself developed a great relationship together. And I knew who to go to when I needed prayer. So Barry would say, Barden, if you need to call me, call me. If you need prayer, come up for prayer. And so when we were coming for prayer and the deacons would be up front, I'd go right to, I'd go right to Barry and ask him to pray for me because I knew he cared about me. I knew that he would be there for me. I knew that he would encourage me. That's what it means. So instead of neglecting to pull away from our problems, where we don't want anyone to know them because we're embarrassed or we might become vulnerable. In fact, we go the other way where we get very close to one another and we allow each other to minister to each other and see that's what's interesting about this very word if you look at the greek word the greek word is very close to the word that describes the holy spirit that's interesting to me because jesus describes the holy spirit 
in John 16, 7 as what? Our comforter. He describes the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life as actually a comforter, one who is our helper, one who walks with us, one who is our counselor. So the meaning here, let me give you a word picture of the meaning here. In the ancient Greek world, uh, world, the word encourager or exhorting was often used by military leaders before they went into war. Now, how many know that people are nervous when they're going into war? The same word was used to encourage or to exhort the, the, the military, and the military leader would get alongside their, their troops, their armies, and say, this is what we're going to do, men. This is where we're going to go. I can't imagine going on, on D-Day and going into Normandy, and, and I can't imagine being in those boats, getting ready to storm the beaches when you know the enemy is right there and there had to be a lot of exhortation. And so the leaders would get right next to them and say, this is what we're going to do. This is our battle plan. Don't give up. Keep fighting. This is what we're fighting for. We're fighting for freedom. We're, 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 we're fighting for a very good cause here. So don't give up. And so they go off into battle. In the ancient Greek world, the military leader would exhort his troops, getting them together, coming right alongside them and telling them the realities of war, encouraging them not to give up, stand tall to fight with all their might. Now, so how, how do we do this? How can we do this? Because I know you say, well, pastor, um, that's great, but sometimes I come to church and, you know, the church has two services and, you know, sometimes I, I don't connect with everybody and, and, and I do feel encouraged a lot of, you know, many times when I come to church and, and I, I feel encouraged, but, but how do we really get side by side? How, how do we... How do we get to the point to where we really know each other, where we're encouraging each other, so that, so that a person doesn't slip between the cracks? Where a person can really feel comfortable by saying, you know what, I'm discouraged. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm discouraged with my life. I'm discouraged with things. And I need somebody to pray with me. So how do we do that? Well, here's, here's a great way. is that we've got to be getting together in smaller groups. And so this is how we love one another. And that's the reason why we, we've emphasized over the last couple of weeks about getting involved in a small group. And so here's what we need to do. We, we, need, to, we need to get together with one another. We need, to, we need to saddle up right next to each other. Carson, I'm not coming back down. Carson's like, I'm going to hit you if you come down again, okay? Just stay away from me. Um, we've got to get next to each other. So this is how we do it. The way we get next to each other is in small groups. And so whether it's a home group, an acts group, whether it's a, a Bible study, a men's Bible study, women's Bible study, whether it's a Sunday school class, um, whether it's a Wednesday night group where we get into discussion groups, this is where we get to know each other. This is where we can share our needs. This is where we can encourage each other not to give up. And that's why I, man, there are so, listen, this is what I love about Living Word because there's so many times stories get back to me where, hey, pastor, somebody went through this that I, it didn't get back to me right away or I didn't hear about it. I already went there, pastor. I already went to the hospital, pastor. I already called them, pastor. I already prayed with them, pastor. I love hearing that because, because when I hear that, I'm seeing the church in action where they're not waiting for me to do it 
or somebody else to do it, but they take the initiative to say, you know what, I'm already their pastor. I'm already praying for them. I already called them. I visited them. There was food that was brought there, pastor. I'm like, yes, yes, that, that is the church in action because you're realizing that's how we encourage one another so that we're not alone. And that happens when you begin to formulate into smaller groups where you begin to hear the need. That's what I love about our Ladies Woven Hearts ministry on Facebook. They have just a thing where people can pray for each other. The needs go out there through social media, but the needs go out there so that people can hear and they can encourage one another and say, we're praying for you. Is there anything I can do for you? Is there any need that I can meet for you? That's what I love when I see the church in action so that we don't feel like we're alone. Here's the thing about small groups also that I think are wonderful is that we begin to grow in the word of God, whether it's the marriage seminar or it's Sunday school class that's gonna be paralleling going through the Old Testament or whether it's the men's Bible study, the women's Bible study, we will challenge you to grow in your knowledge of the word of God so that the word of God now becomes a light into your path and it, be, and it becomes that lamp that you can live your life by. It encourages you. It, it allows you to walk down the right path. And so we want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. So by coming on Sunday morning, you grow in the knowledge of God's word. By, by coming to small groups, you grow in your knowledge of God's word. And hopefully that will spur on to encourage you to, to have your own personal uh, devotions with the Lord. That's why we have the, uh, the different uh, resources about, available for you, like uh, God's word for today that you can get at the information center. That's free. You can take that to help you with your devotions. All those things help you grow in your walk with the Lord. But, but listen to me closely. Listen to me closely. It has to be founded. The foundation has to be in our relationships with one another. It can't be some cold, sterile relationship where I know all about the word of God, but I'm not experiencing it in my life. And the way we experience that is through our relationship with God. I want, here's the thing. I, my desire for you is that you would be so sensitive to the Lord and the Holy Spirit in your life, that whether you're listening to a podcast or you're reading God's word, that it would so grip your heart at times that it would just move you, that, that it would cause you to, to, to be moved to tears. Like, God, this is, I, you're speaking to my heart. I want you to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that the gifts of the Holy Spirit work in your life where God drops a name in your heart and you just begin to pray for that person. That maybe you're up late at night and, and, and God's called you to pray for somebody and, and, and God just laid somebody on your heart and you begin to pray for that person. And then you begin to call that person and say, hey, just you know what? I don't know what you're going through, but I just want you to know that I've been praying for you and I want you to be encouraged. I'll tell you what, that happened to me, that's happened to you several times with some of you, God has laid something on your heart. And there was one incident that my wife and I were going through just to, a difficult time with, you know, with kids and with school and trying to organize them. We had some frustrations with some of our kids at school and, and trying to get them on the right track and trying to organize with teachers and stuff. And we were a little discouraged. And, and I can remember we were coming out of a meeting and we are kind of discouraged out of the meeting and the right way to go with some of our kids in their school. And I got a text. I got a text from somebody in our church that says, I just want to let you know I've been praying for, for the exact child that was going through this difficult in our life, I just want you to let you know, be encouraged, gave me a scripture 
for that and just said, everything's going to be fine. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Right when we were coming out of the meeting, I get that and I read it. And it, what it caused me to do is this. It says, Barden, you're looking with physical eyes at this whole thing and you're getting frustrated. And God's like, Barden, I've got it all under control because I'm looking at it from spiritual eyes. And, and your kids are in my hand. Don't, don't worry about it. And first I felt really convicted, like, oh, that's good pastor, good pastor, way to, you know, not depend on the Lord, right? And what it did was it switched my attention off getting frustrated to begin to pray and to say, God, you got to take control of this situation. It wasn't a big, huge situation. It wasn't a huge deal, but it was enough to get frustrated and to get walking in the flesh and depend on ourselves and what are we going to do and blah, blah, blah. And God says, listen, you turn to me and that encouraging word from somebody in our church that God laid on her heart to pray for one of our kids was the exact timing that I needed to hear as a parent. And that's why I want you to get to that point where you're so sensitive to that. That's how we encourage one another in the body of Christ. Amen? That's how we do it. So I, I want you to be so sensitive, whether you're reading God's word, whether you're praying, whether it's in a message, whether it's a podcast, whatever it is that, that you're listening, that, that God is encouraging and that we're encouraging one another. So this is what we want to do today. This is how we want to finish this, this whole series because we want you to be committed to, to God by loving God. I want, I want you to be committed to, to coming and serving God and and, and getting plugged in the church. And so what we want to do is we're going to close this series out as we begin a new journey next, um, next week as we go through the Bible. Pray for me. It's a big undertaking that we're starting next week. And I'm praying that all of you get the story and all you parents get the Jesus storybook. So make sure you sign up for that and get that so, we're, so that we're all on the same page as we go through these uh, series uh, starting next week. But but what we want to do is we want to challenge you. And, and maybe your next step, we want to challenge you to take a, a next step in your walk with the Lord. And and, and, and and maybe that next step is is saying, you know, we're going to really make church a priority. Maybe your next step is we've haven't, we haven't become members. We're not owners of the church. And uh, uh, we want to take that next step of, of membership. Maybe your next step is getting uh, plugged into a small group. And we, we want to take, uh, we want to encourage you today uh, to take that next step. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Pastor Mike to come up. And Pastor Mike is going to explain to you what we want you to do uh, to close this service out that you can be committed to God. So let's give Pastor... Isn't Pastor Mike awesome? We just love Pastor Mike. Amen. All right. So in the back of your seat, you should have one of these. And this is simply a commitment card for the entire series. So whether you've been to every, every one of these or, or you're at uh, the service here for the first time and you're just thinking, man, um, some of this stuff is really making a lot of sense and I've got to make a commitment. Um, this will be the way that we want to kind of track that and maybe and, and even help you through that um, through accountability. Uh, so on the back, you'll have a form you'll fill out there so we can get in contact with you. Um, also, there's three places that you'll check. You'll check one of those um, places that you'll say, uh, depending on what step you're taking. Maybe you'd say, I haven't been coming a lot. I come kind of infrequently. It's kind of sporadic. I really need to make a commitment to be here every Sunday with my family. I've, I just got to make that a priority in our lives. It's just got to be my first step. Then you would just check that first box that says uh, the love God. And it simply says, today I'm committing 
to become more consistent in my attendance on Sunday mornings in order to learn more about God and grow my understanding of who Jesus is. So that's 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 sta- stage one right there. If you if you're just in that stage and your life is kind of taken over and uh, you just need to re re uh, reevaluate or your Sunday morning schedule, then let's do that. Um, secondly, if you're like, man, I come every week. Uh, my family's here every week. We come every Sunday, uh, but you're not involved in a small group. Uh, maybe you, that's your next step. Maybe you would say, I need to find a place that I can grow, that I can grow, uh, plant some roots and really become a part of the church body in that way. Uh, so you would simply uh, check off the love others box. And that says, while I would consider myself a regular attender on Sunday mornings, I don't feel connected to other people. So today I'm committing to join a small group to grow in my relationship with Jesus and with others. So if that's you, check that box off. Um, lastly, if you say, man, I'm part of that um, and I come regularly, but I'm not part of a ministry team. I'm not serving in any, any way. Um, I'm not investing in living word. Maybe that's your next step. Then I would suggest you, you could check that last one. It says serve, and it simply says I attend regularly on Sunday mornings, and I'm part of a small group, but I'm not part of a ministry team. So today I'm committing to partner with Living Word to reach the lost by becoming a member and use my time, treasure, and God-given gifts, talents, and abilities by joining a ministry team. This church only is primarily run by by volunteers, people uh, that, that, that give of their time, their resources, and their talents um, to help uh, minister to kids, minister to adults, minister to every age group there is, um, is is primarily run by volunteers. So um, we succeed more with the more people we can bring on board. So if you're like, man, I just need to take that next step. I come every Sunday. I'm part of a small group. And my next step is to invest. Uh, we look at that as an investment, that you are investing in um, in living word by giving uh, us your, your gifts and talents that God has given you in edifying the church body. So depending on which phase, you might say, man, that's me. Check that box. And here's the challenge. Here's what we're going to ask you to do. As we end with this last closing song, I want you to kind of just come up here and just put your card on, on the steps up here. Just come on up, and um, as the song's playing, anytime you can even pray about it. Say, God, what what step do you want us to take? You might have to you might have to count the cost. You might have to evaluate a little bit what parts of my schedule are going to have to change a little. If I'm going to really join a small group, if I'm going to be really serious about this, then maybe something's going to have to change. You might have to ask God. Say, God, put in my heart. Um, the priority to do this in my life so that I will take the steps necessary when I leave this place. So it's not just an emotional choice, but it's a conscious choice you're making to say, I'm making a change in my life to be more close with you, Jesus, and to get to know more people so that I can be plugged in to a place that's going to make me healthy and help me grow in my relationships with them and God. This is an important step for us, I think, for for many of you, um, to to just get out of the comfort zone and get out of the normal thing of life and say, there's a step that needs to be taken. There's a thing that I need to be doing um, that, that might, that, that uh, is going to encourage your life. So we're just going to pray and, um, and then we're, we'll stand and we'll start singing. And as soon as you're ready, and as soon as you feel like you know exactly what God's calling you to do, then I want you to bring your card up and just lay it on the, on the front here. And uh, we will collect those and uh, be in touch with you in the following week to see how we can help you uh, uh, move forward in your decision. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your care for us. God, I'm so encouraged by the word today that helps us understand that um, we're not just called to encourage from a distance, but we are called to encourage up close and personal. So God, I pray that um, you're up close and personal with us this morning, God. I pray that you're speaking to our hearts and you're revealing to us things that need to happen. I pray that you are really, uh, you're not letting us get away with or settle for junky faith, but that you're, you're, you're sincerely and genuinely seeking our hearts so that our relationship with you would grow and foster. 
and also our relationships with each other, God, would grow deep and, and be uh, rooted in who you are and your care and love for us, that we would never be islands living on our own, complaining about life, but we would be with others, investing and sharing and growing with the family of God. So share with us, God, show us what, is, what it is, what step we should be taking in Jesus' name.